1: So let's get to know each other. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Dead Bishop Podcast. Still don't have a name. Might just leave it as the Dead Bishop Podcast. Keeps things nice and simple. Uh, this is our second one, although my chat with Lisa was the first one that I actually recorded. And I thought I had had some technical difficulties, but I since sorted it out. And found the track that Lisa's voice was on. So, you know, some teething problems. And it's all working out. Uh, I, myself, am a little stressed because I'm getting ready to go back to Ireland tomorrow. And I'm not that prepared. I have to empty out the apartment that I've been using that was mentioned in the Dan Soder conversation and maybe mentioned again. And then I have to record another interview with Leonard Oots, who's also going to Dublin next week, and that will be four chats that I've recorded with comedians that are heading over to Dublin, which is great, because that's what I wanted to do. That was my motivation to get this party started and share a bit of that New York comedy scene with Irish people, knowing that they'll have a chance to go see those people straight away next week for the Vodafone Comedy Festival, which starts on Thursday. I'm there myself Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then I'm in Cork on Sunday night uh with an extra Grey Matters tour and then I'm off to the Edinburgh fringe. I have nothing else to say really on my own. I'm just knee deep in washing sheets and preparing things. I have renters coming into one house and yet I was subletting an apartment. So I'm just I'm just knee deep in all that stuff. Uh I you know, a shout out to all those parents out there that are just organizing this shit day after day, because for me, just organizing my own crap is driving me crazy. So without further ado, please let me introduce Lisa Traeger, awesome comic, Uh, I've really gotten to know her well over the last 12 months, working in the Comedy Cellar mostly with her, and uh, a gig we did in Caroline's, cool lady I have to say, love hanging out with her, absolutely filthy dirty ass bitch when it comes to her sense of humor uh which i like i hope you like she certainly didn't hold back in the chat so for those that don't like unashamedly comfortable conversations about sex and things like that probably not the best podcast to listen to anyway enough of me here's lisa so ladies and gentlemen (laughs) of ireland and then hopefully eventually more than just ireland Please welcome Lisa Traeger.
0: Hi guys. Exciting. So with Irish royalty.
1: Yeah. Now, this is uh it's important for me that uh I interview you first because you're my big gamble for the Vodafone Comedy Festival. Yeah. So
0: I performed in Glasgow.
1: Yeah. it's
0: kind of same crowd or similar, not really? Very similar. Yeah, I mean I'll mostly I talk about fucking and drinking, so I don't know how I can't relate to them.
1: No, I think it's going to be fun. <laughs> Who doesn't like fucking and drinking? Uh, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really, honestly, I, I, all joking aside, I, I'm not overly concerned. But it is a situation where I, I, I did genuinely push for you.
0: I'm very happy about it. Yeah. I'm really excited to go. And my friend Alex Crawley is going to be there. Hey, girl.
1: <laughs> so before we talk I've about... have been to
0: Ireland. You- I love it there. Oh, you've been there? Yeah. But I didn't do shows. Me and my sister rented a car in Dublin, and then we drove around. So we went to Galway Bay, we went to Northern Ireland, and like Giants Causeway, and Belfast and everything. So
1: do do you think you remember anything from your time that you're going to turn into local gold when you're on stage?
0: No, because I was alone, so that was sad. Because my sister... Lot, I mean, she found out her friend had cancer and she couldn't, she was too sad. So she ditched me, which is fine.
1: Fine. And Sounds so, like one of my shows. What? It's <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be about comedy, ends up being about cancer.
0: Um, So I was alone in Dublin and there's so much you can do by yourself. I'm not very, I'm not a friendly person.
1: so You're not a friendly person?
0: I am sometimes, but like out strangely alone, no.
1: No. But you like drinking and you like partying. Yeah, it's a good city to I be. I would go,
0: like I did the Guinness tour alone. I walked around alone. It's like fun. I'm fine being by myself, but it's going to be more fun with a bunch of comics wanting to party and like have a good time. No, but what
1: I mean is like you, you, like I I think more than, I don't want to, I don't want to make a general judgment about Irish crowds, but I think they appreciate a bit of local more than the average country's audience. I
0: have a foreskin joke.
1: A foreskin joke? Yeah. Yeah. uh, Because Irish men tend not to be circumcised?
0: Well, yeah, anyone with, like, an accent. Oh, anyone with like, an accent has
1: foreskin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 what is your joke, foreskin you. joke?
0: That's it. I just go, I like, <laughs> I like an accent where you could tell there's foreskin. Ah. And that's all I say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be curious to see how that goes down in Ireland. Just um, because foreskin is the expectation.
0: Yeah, it's, like, a weird thing here.
1: I know, but I was born in London. Yeah. So I was not circumcised. So I actually lived my whole life before moving to Ireland as the odd one out. In England, the, they're all circumcised? Uh, in Europe. I don't like to consider myself connected to England. I just happened to be born in England. Uh, as a result, my foreskin was spared. Okay. So I grew up as a young man in New York with the odd cock.
0: I get what you're saying. Okay. So, yeah. Were girl, were, did you notice people being upset?
1: Well, I have to be honest. I moved to Ireland when I was 14, so mm-hmm. I hadn't had uh, the experience with a lot of shocked women just yet. Okay. And uh, <laughs> by the time I, I came around to being with uh, American girls that might be surprised, I was no longer concerned about their reaction to my foreskin. Yeah. Honestly, I, I mean, I didn't intend to the talk about it's The trend's
0: coming it. back, though.
1: Yeah, because it's kind of pointless.
0: Yeah, it's a weird thing to do.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like... I know you're Jewish, like culturally or whatever, but obviously somehow that just became the thing to do in America and it wasn't the thing to do in Europe.
0: Yeah, I wonder what that is, but it looks better.
1: Without or with?
0: Yeah, without.
1: It's just what you're used to. <laughs> but I guess not a lot of people like turtlenecks, so I can appreciate No, it.
0: and I've had sex with people with... with uh, Foreskin, but then when they're like, "Well, you suck my dick," I usually s- I go
1: no. Really?
0: Yeah. Except one Scottish guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just just felt like the Scottish guy would be a bit cleaner.
0: <laughs> Not that he was just like, I don't know. It just like worked out that way.
1: Well, I was going to ask you about this I later, really but I might have as well a choice. ask. What's that? <laughs> Nothing. I was going to ask you about this later, but I might as well ask it now since we've uh, talking about sex so much. Yeah. Uh, I would consider you quite a sort of sex positive person. I am. Yeah. Uh, I was reading. Uh, I, I was reading something interesting you wrote about just women and uh, maybe I wrote something. W- well, it was a r- written or an interview, but you oh, were okay. basically talking about how uh, if a woman says she hasn't had an orgasm, that somebody's doing it wrong. Well, of course that.
0: It's just I mean, this for my I majored in sociology, was which is not a real major, but I wrote one of my final papers and one of my big research things was about. Um, abstinence-only education, the concept of virginity and what that means um, for women and just like society and why it's so pushed and what this has to do with the conservative party and all this stuff and everything I read, it was just very disappointing and I think it gives women not healthy or good ideas about sex and causes a lot of problems Mm. and I just think that women should be taught in girls, like young girls, sex ed, young boys, everyone should be taught about coming. And instead of teaching women like, oh, you should save yourself for your husband or for someone that loves you or a boyfriend, it should be like, you should just fuck someone that's going to make you feel good. And it has nothing to do with it. Because what so often happens is girls in high school be tricked by boyfriends that are like, but I love you. And then they fuck and it's terrible. And they're like, oh, I guess I just have to fuck this person. And it sucks. Instead of being like, oh, no, I know I'm supposed to feel good from this. And so it's just something that's important to me because I think it fucks with girls.
1: Yeah. I mean, do you think it's important Uh, From the point of view of enjoyment of sex, but also important from the point of view of making women more comfortable as sexual beings.
0: Yeah. And it also um, puts a lot of pressure on women for being like the gatekeepers and having to be like, oh, no, not for me. And being in charge of like whether someone has like whether sex is happening or not. And it makes men. I mean, it's a lot. It has a lot to do with like rape culture and everything where you put instead of saying like hey women like you should want to fuck you put young girls in a position of like you better be saying no you have to be saying no and so it just creates a really strange dynamic for men and women and it also makes women think that that's the only value they have like I used to um have to do student teaching in sex ed classrooms and like So much of it was taught that the only value girls have is virginity. And like I I talk about this in my act, but this woman brought out a rose and started ripping petals off the rose as like that's an example of every guy you fuck. And then you're just left with this stem. And that's like that's what you want to give to your husband, just a thorny stem. And I'm like, you're telling teenage girls that the only value that they have in this world is their virginity. It's like fucked. It's really surely.
1: That's. The extreme example surely that's like
0: it was in chicago how? public school
1: really yeah that, that uh, basically some sort of christian teaching about sexuality yeah
0: but it was Latino. i mean it's uh it was a predominantly predominantly latino like high school and there was a lot of teen pregnancies So like i understand wanting to teach that but it's still wrong because then you not, then not only do you tell women not to fuck, but that their values is attached to it. So then when they do fuck, suddenly they're not worth as much.
1: Yeah, well, the reason why I wanted to ask you about it is because that's a huge issue in Ireland around oh, shame. Really? Well, just, you know, people... There's, there's been a huge change in my 25 years in Ireland. There's been a huge change to people's attitudes to sex. Yeah. But it certainly came from a place where there was a lot of shame. A yes. lot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I... Most old people,
0: mm. but especially the Catholics.
1: Yeah, but so... I guess there hasn't been a hell of a lot of comedians in Ireland, particularly female comedians, that have talked really openly about sex. And you'll still find people in Ireland that will say things like, "Oh, that he's a he's a dirty comic." Yeah. Uh, so I was curious. Uh, I'm
0: okay y- if people think I'm a dirty comic. Yeah, but I do am. you think
1: there's any value in? Uh, or or do you even care in terms of trying to make people laugh? Are you also trying to make people more comfortable with themselves in terms of this material, or is that something that you were just talking about in an interview?
0: No, like I you mean you don't have like a
1: goal in terms of the type of material you do that try to help women become more comfortable. Right
0: yeah, now. I do. I want I want girls like if you're on a date and I want girls to turn to their and be like, oh yeah, this dude doesn't make me come. Why am I fucking him? I want I want people to dump people, for sure. Yeah. Or like have better sex that night. Yeah.
1: yeah. Because I I, uh,
0: I just and it comes from personal experience. It's not just like all this teaching, all this research. Like I had sex for so long with just like, oh, I guess this is it.
1: Mm. You know, but don't, don't, don't a lot of women or certainly men and women have that experience where they're just not great at it when they're younger.
0: For sure. But wouldn't it be cool if in sex ed they taught boys how to be better at sex? And that making a woman comes important.
1: Yeah. uh,
0: Because with porn now, too, it's like, you know, so many people. Mixed messages. Yeah, it's like, well, it's not mixed messages at all. It's like the end of sex is when a dude is coming. You know, it's always about dudes coming. So also people are watching porn young and younger. So that's their idea, too.
1: Yeah, because years ago in a show that I did, I had a routine about Uh, why uh, women in Ireland certainly but I think also in the United States are not as open about masturbation whereas like for guys it's like you hit 16 and you realize hey guys we all jerk off who cares yeah in Ireland I still found a lot of women that wouldn't admit like even in their early 30s they wouldn't admit that they masturbate yeah and uh, and I was just doing a routine about like why wouldn't you you know like why would you not figure out what floats your boat and I got real mixed reactions, like some people love that routine, and then other people be like, oh my god, the masturbation routine came on, and my mother was around, it was so embarrassing. You know, there was just still a huge amount of embarrassment around this concept of female masturbation I mean masturbation. the thing is
0: I when I'm with my parents I don't want to watch weird sex scenes yeah. like I, I I'm actually very confused when I'm out at shows and there's just families laughing together and like a tells on Like I just can't I just can't yeah it all right is well that aside crazy. okay
1: parents aside there was still sort of a just a lack of comfortability with female masturbation yeah. I mean, not amongst everybody but uh, certainly amongst a lot more people than yeah the guys
0: yes absolutely
1: yeah Uh, Now, in terms of, like, consent, you know, you sort of touched on an area that I found very interesting lately. That horrible case came out with that kid, uh, Brock. Oh, yeah. um, I forgot his last name. Turner. Brock Turner. And, you know, again, this conversation about consent. And you were talking about women being the gatekeepers. And he... uh, Like, I find it really confusing. I would not know what to say to, like, a young man who clearly... Like, the natural role is, like, I'm the I'm going to try to get through all the stages of... Well,
0: yeah, it makes sex for boys seem like it's, like, this game that needs to be won, won and they mm. have to trick girls into fucking. When it's, like, girls should want to fuck. They do. And it's, like... But it sets it up in a weird thing where it's, like... I mean, I can't imagine wanting to fuck a passed-out, blacked-out girl. Like, that just seems insane to me. And... I mean that seems nuts but if in your brain you've always been taught that like sex is something that you need to like get it sets i mean I'm, i wouldn't say that like it's all innate in all men because obviously not all men would rape but it is like kind of set up as this thing where
1: yeah but i mean uh, what I, I i think it's pretty black and white in terms of what he did but yeah. i also just mean in terms of how do we how do we make clear like about what consent is because on one level you're you're saying women get put up as the gatekeepers but then on another level it's like you do need to let men know that oh, you need to put them to jail you need to, no, you no, need no, to not punish the rape. them okay step st- so st- back st- the, st- the question is like how do we make clear what consent is and what consent isn't in terms of
0: there's like a fun thing i read on the internet where it was like treat sex like hot tea like if you invited someone over for tea and then suddenly they're like, oh, never mind. I don't want tea. You wouldn't force them to drink tea. Or if they fell asleep at your house, you wouldn't just pour tea on them. And so use hot tea as the, uh, what's it called? Example.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. To sex. And that's that's yeah, what you do. Yeah, just make that clear.
0: Yeah, it's like weird. even, And it's like weird that the discussion is even like a discussion. I was watching a clip and Amber Rose was on some show with Tyrese and Rev Run and Amber Rose was just like, even if I'm naked laying there and suddenly I go, no, you just have to be like, OK. And Reverend I was like, yeah, but if you're presenting yourself a certain way and it's like, are you fucking retarded? Like I it's just it's ridiculous right, to me. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. It's like this ownership of women and their bodies is really crazy. But yeah, if a girl just changes her mind or maybe you're bad at sex, maybe they're just like not into it anymore or they're making out with you and they hate you. Like, why is it always the girl? Like, maybe you suck. Maybe your breath smells and they don't want to they don't want to have sex with you anymore. Like they're allowed to not want to have sex with you. It's so weird
1: Hmm. that that it's like a complicated thing.
0: Yeah, I just it's not complicated at all. It's like, are you a rapist or are you not?
1: Yeah. And you're cool with that. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: I just don't I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's right. It's it's good to just put it out in those terms, because honestly, guys, sometimes I I get confused myself on like, because I mean I'm a forty year old guy. It's not an issue for me now. Yeah. You know, like, but, and college is fucked. And like, the thing is,
0: I've had an, I've had experiences. I've talked about this before, but like, one I had an experience where. I was really. I had a crush on someone, so we were texting for a while, but I was wasted, and he came over, and we had sex. And the next time we hung out, I was like, oh, God, so blacked out. And he was like, oh, I was sober. And the thing is, I was texting him. I wanted him to come over, but it grossed me out that he wanted to fuck someone that was blackout drunk.
1: Yeah, that you couldn't remember.
0: I mean, I remember, but, like, that's weird to me. Like, why do you want to fuck someone that's blacked out? Like, it's weird.
1: So then how do you feel about, in Ireland, somebody came out, oh, an Irish journalist came out and said, uh it's important to talk about rape culture, but it's also important to say to women, you need to be responsible for what you're drinking.
0: Yeah, but men should not be raping. It's just it's the same thing of putting pressure on the woman to protect herself from getting raped when men just shouldn't be raping. It's like so weird that it's put on the woman. It's like, Yeah, it's my birthday, I wanna get fucking wasted. Why can't I get wasted? Or like yeah, yeah. sometimes you dress in a way that you wanna have sex with someone, but it doesn't mean you wanna get raped. You know, it's these weird things that suddenly you're not allowed to, like, accidentally drink too much or, like, drink too much or get blacked out or have, like, a wild bachelorette party or whatever. Yeah. What is it? A hen party?
1: A hen party.
0: (laughs) Without being blamed for it. Because it is weird because, like, sometimes when I walk home late at night to the train from the cellar, it's, like, a 15-minute walk. And... I'll, I'll think about it and I'll be like, you know what? I'm not a fucking victim. I'm like, I should be able to walk. I'm not scared. Like, I'm a human being in this world and I should be able to walk and not be scared of people. And then while I'm walking, I'm like, if I get attacked, the first thing everyone will ask is, why were you walking home at night? Like, yeah. you can't win. You know, it's like I'm either a victim and I'm living like a victim or I'm blamed because I was out at night or I was drunk or whatever.
1: Yeah, because I tried to do that myself. I remember when I was a kid, I used to be afraid of walking in the dark, like outside. Mm-hmm. And I would always think somebody was going to attack me because yeah. like, it was in my head, right? Uh, so when I hear the way women describe what you just described, I often think you have to remember what it was like then because it's genuinely frightening.
0: Yeah. And knowing that no, everyone will blame you anyways. Yeah. So it's like this thing of like, is it even worth walking to the train? Because if I, if anything happens, it's my fault. It's not anyone else's fault because it's late at night. But another thing, like, once I was, like, super blacked out, this this is a while ago, at this, the best place in Chicago, but I remember unblacking out, just, like, with a dick next to me, and I was like, oh, where am I? And I just was like, this dude was there, and I was like, oh, I have to leave. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, everything's fine. Can you just help call my friend? And he called my friend told him the address, and I got picked up. She came and got me, and that was it. And I was, he was like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, yeah, you didn't do anything wrong. I'm sure I was like aggressively trying to have sex with you oh yeah so it didn't bother me so it's i'm not saying it's like a black and white area with like drinking and not and stuff like that and everyone can i'm sure if someone else had that experience but that's cool that he was like look forget it i'll
1: just put this guy away
0: (laughs) yes but but the other side would be like me waking up and being like oh i don't want to do this and him being like what the fuck yeah and it's like why would you do that to someone they were drunk and now they're not and they're saying they don't want to fuck anymore like Why do you feel like they have to suck your dick? Like, it just, I don't get that I have been
1: upset before in that situation. But you could be upset. I haven't gotten aggressive, but I have been like, you know. Yeah. Very, on the very disappointed Yeah,
0: I know it's weird to men that women think of themselves more than just like sex objects. So if they decide not to fuck, they, like, I think sometimes they don't realize that suddenly they're worthless in men's eyes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think of it suddenly as worthless. I think it's just well. Yeah,
0: you're mad, and you're like, what, the, then "Why?" The yeah, whatever, are you whatever
1: out? chemical reaction is going on in the brain—it's it, 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 definitely like uh, there's a there's yeah. a desire element, but that's fun. I mean, I can control it, but I have uh, all I'm saying is I have been disappointed in that situation. But yeah, we
0: all have. I mean, everyone wants to fuck. You know what I mean? I'm sure yeah. there's girls who've. I've had a situation where this guy—he was a bartender at the show I used to perform at in Chicago—and. He had a girlfriend. I knew he they had broken up and I always thought he was cute. And he was like, hey, do you want to hang out after he came to a show? Denver. And he's like, do you have a show this weekend? He came to my show. He came to the bar afterwards. He asked if I want to go to an after part, like after hours bar by his house. I'm like, yes. He asked if I were to come over to his house. I'm like, awesome. And then he didn't want to have sex with me. And I was pissed. Oh, you were pissed. Yeah, I was sitting like, just, you know, and then all he wanted to do was cuddle. And he was like cuddling me and we was sleeping, but he wouldn't make, he wouldn't do anything. He just, I know. That was was,
1: some, that was some revenge thing he had going on in his head.
0: I don't know if it was revenge though. I think it was like, he probably just missed having a girlfriend and needed some attention. And I was just that person, but I was annoyed. I was like laying there as the sun came up, just being held by a stranger who I haven't fucked. And I was like, I yelled at him and left.
1: Yeah. And, and, and other times perhaps you had wished for that cuddle.
0: No, being cuddled by a stranger is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: I want to ask you a few other things. Yeah, let's un- keep it unrelated. more light. Unrelated. Yeah, let's the have same. it more fun. This is uh, very
0: serious. No one's going to come to my show.
1: Oh, no, don't worry about that.
0: Oh, this, this is, is just for fun. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, besides, yeah, I mean, the uh, d- just just having a funny conversation is not interesting. Okay. But th- that area we just discussed is something I'm very curious about, and it doesn't get discussed as much in Ireland. But no. I want to talk about something else completely. Is
0: rape a ab- bit? Because abortion's illegal, right? Uh,
1: yes, and th- another law was just voted down. Uh, people who have, uh, are carrying a baby with fatal fetal abnormalities are, are still not allowed to have an abortion in Ireland. So, that, you know, you're coming into a... You know, so like do a lot
0: of people leave Ireland to they get have abortions? To they have to go to
1: Britain. OK, but they, well, can they can go other places, but they tend to go to Britain. But that's tough for, a, you know, a married couple that just die and have a kid. And then suddenly they know that the child is not going to survive when it's born and they're forced to go through with it if they stay in Ireland. So they have to go to the. So UK. it's just like a Catholic thing. Yeah. And it's it's in the culture, you know, uh, it's it's deeply ingrained in people's minds that it's murder. And um, and it's a it's a complicated issue in Ireland yeah that's one of the reasons why i wanted to talk to you about uh, sex and sexuality because you're very comfortable talking about it and i can assure you some people in ireland would not be they'll be judging the shit out of you for the conversation judge. that we have
0: like when i go to the suburbs sometimes or like different cities in the middle of the country people usually don't like me
1: hmm. which is crazy when you think about it because you go well it's just sex of all the things of all the horrible things it's weird.
0: I mean, there's a lot of it's a very vulnerable thing. And so that's why I, you know, it's like hard to be
1: comfortable with it. So, I want to ask you about something else completely. Okay. I can't wait. Uh well, no, it's just uh so you're born where were you born? In
0: Odessa. So, it it was the former Soviet Union, Russia, but now it's Ukraine. It's on the Black Sea.
1: Yeah. So, you you were you were born as a your parents are Russian speakers. Yeah. 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 And then they came here when you were three, right? Yeah. And there was, what? What was their reason for emigrating?
0: So we came on religious asylum. So like between like eighty eight and ninety two, a lot of Russian Jews left. All all of them, like a lot. If you meet a Russian Jew around my age and you ask them like where the, when they came, it was then. It was then. Even my sister's ten years old. Like most Russian Jews came when I came. There was a bunch of that came in the seventies too, but I think they were like richer and smarter. But um. So we all came, and we went through, like, Italy and Austria um, through immigration. And then it was, like, I don't know if the Jewish organizations in America helped or whatever, but when we moved to Chicago, there was, like, we had a lot of help from the Jewish community. And So we had, like, a volunteer family that helped us, like, learn about America. And while you were I got still to in go Europe. to Jewish school. No, like, when we moved. And, like... um yeah
1: but can you remember that can you you were three so
0: I remember um preschool for sure I remember one memory in Italy but it was just like falling into a fountain um filled with fish that's like my first memory but in America I don't remember like maybe the first memories of like just getting here and acclimating but it was pretty traumatic and I remember a lot of like I remember being in preschool for sure.
1: And by the time you were in preschool, had English become the language that you spoke, or are you still? Like I didn't.
0: A, I don't know. It was oh, weird. You know, you, yeah. I It's like I watched TV. I never went to like ESL or anything like that. I just learned in school and watching television. Yeah. But Russian in the house. It was a very confusing time. And I'm trying to talk about it more and more in my stand up.
1: Just being like a bilingual child. Not even
0: just bilingual. It's just like my parents were also old. So by the time I, we moved here, my dad was 52, and my mom was 44. So it's, like, really hard to acclimate to a new country when you're that old. So basically, I had no guidance. That's why I'm, like, such a free spirit, I think, is because... They, they were, were just
1: as lost as you.
0: Yes. Yes. So, I had, so when we were at the banks, I was, like, six or seven translating for my father. Like, we were kind... Like, me and my sister were kind of the gatekeepers of this country and so none of us knew what was going on simple things too like halloween like what what's halloween yeah (laughs) or like i would get invitations from kids at school for birthdays and like we didn't know what rsvp means you know just like parent teacher comp the grading system's different school's different and like what they're teaching me is different from what's outside in the world and it was it was a weird way to grow up
1: yeah so do you have any Stand up memories Of just The absolute cultural difference Between what was going on In your house And other people's houses As you got to know them
0: Oh my god Like anything
1: distinct Just because you're being raised by
0: Food Like I got made fun of my lunches Yeah But now looking back It's like my parents Gave me the best lunches Like these kids were eating Weird peasant sandwiches And I was having like you were They were chicken, having like Peanut you know? butter and jelly And you were yeah. bringing like Real
1: food Yeah
0: Borscht. But I was like embarrassed You know
1: Yeah
0: Um the biggest... Like, they didn't understand sleepovers. They didn't understand going to the mall and just wasting money. Yeah. They'd be like, what do you mean you're going to go to... Cli-? Like, what What do you mean... What do you need money for? What do you need to go to the mall for? They don't understand going to restaurants, going out to eat. I mean, my dad was born in 1938. My mom in 1945. So, like, Stalin, I mean, all of it. Yeah, terrible they lived through it all. So, like, they didn't understand a lot of stuff just joy like they didn't get it they didn't get like not they didn't have a lot of homework they didn't understand
1: yeah so life was always a struggle for them yes and then they came to america did that change
0: i mean they still worked really hard like they're all retired now but like you know yeah they worked every th- but i think just like a regular amount of work
1: yeah life was easier then though
0: no? oh of course yeah, yeah. I mean, they got a house. I mean, they're really badasses, And uh, that's the thing that's uh, that they don't understand about my life is like their life. And they brought up my sister this way is like so family centric. So to them, all their joy comes from family. They don't really have hobbies or like they just take care of their family. Yeah. And so now that I live in New York, they don't know what to do.
1: Because you have not followed the path they expected. Right.
0: They just they are like if I, if they talk to me on the phone and I don't seem happy they call my sister they're like something's wrong with her you know they ha- they don't have anything to do but to worry about me
1: yeah but I think that's all parents is it my mother's like that
0: it's not fun like I've
1: lived in another country since I'm fourteen my mother still worries like if she's aware you know m- most of the day most of my years I've been out of her sort of scope of noticing wow. but if she's aware she still worries like as if. You know, so I—I I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm not saying it's not to do with sort of who they are, but I think it might just be because they're parents, as opposed to being Russian Jewish parents. No, I
0: mean, yeah, but like I had kids that went to sleep, like my friends that went to sleepaway camp for eight weeks. Like I couldn't do that. I have, you know, I have to talk to my parents every single day. They call me every day.
1: Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I mean I talk to my mother most days.
0: Do you, yeah, it's weird.
1: Yeah, you're just maybe surrounded by so many people from fucked up lives that That's you don't exactly realize what <laughs> how good our lives
0: are. Yeah, that our parents care. I'm trying to think of like big differences. I mean, it doesn't
1: matter. I just, I just was wondering if there was anything that stood out because it's quite unique. Who is it? It is somebody that you live with has just no, walked into hey the Brendan. house. Hey, Brendan. This is Brendan. Brendan, are you Irish American with that name? Yeah, I
0: am. Brendan. No, well, I mean, I, no, Irish no, Brendan Air. Br-
1: oh, yeah, yeah, Brendan Air. From Ireland. Oh, his dad is from Ireland. Where's he from? Oh, his dad is from Dublin. We're chatting here about these well, are going to Dublin. Oh,
0: nice. Yeah. We're yeah. talking about how they're they're not into sex.
1: So, I'm sorry that we took over your living room for our podcast.
0: No, I boy, usually oh, oh, do. I'm sorry I interrupted.
1: No, you. not at all. Not at all. Ready to pop the
0: question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
1: Oh, cool. <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. Cool. Well, he can give you some advice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm so trying to think of, like, huge differences, but, like, yeah, they just didn't get anything. So yeah. I got to get away with it. But I also, like, I didn't have any chores. They didn't really, t- like, I didn't have rules,
1: curfews, nothing like that. Do you think like you that. had more freedom because they were just a bit unaware of what was going on? Or they just thought that's the way you should raise your kids?
0: They just, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah and w- what were they like why did so many Russian Jews leave at that time was there actual oppression of Jewish people or it was uh, I think more everyone of a just
0: hates Jews yeah it was a silent like the government you know like I, I don't mean what in history citizens. gave you that
1: <laughs> idea I'm just kidding uh, so so they came here and now I haven't had a haircut in New York for 15 years that wasn't by a Russian Jew really yeah they're, they're, they've taken over the barber industry I didn't know that oh no that's that's real cool at well
0: yeah I have a lot of family in Brighton Beach
1: Oh, you do, right? That's yeah. where a lot of people went down With there.
0: cousins. And I'm so thankful my parents didn't go there. Because no. they're just living the Russian life, you know?
1: Yeah. Whereas, so, so you, I mean, I, like. The thing I, that
0: my parents did teach me that I really enjoyed, that other families, like some of my friends, but like, they're very generous people. So once you come over, it's like immediately just like a spread what do you want to eat let's eat let's drink like whatever you need like they're there for people and then like I'd go to my friend's house and then be like that's just for school lunches oh the fruits are too expensive it was just like um it was weird that kind of stuff was weird or like gas like the the first time I heard like someone want gas money I was like horrified gas money. yeah like if you're driving and they're like oh are you gonna help with gas I'm like oh okay like I just didn't that's not how my family operated yeah 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 they just take care of stuff. even, And I think it's, like, because they were so poor. So when you have something, you share it, and you don't ask for things. So it was always confusing when people, like, yeah.
1: And so they're Russian-Jewish. They come over here. The English is definitely their second language. Yeah. Were you raised quite religious, or were you raised more?
0: When we first got here, like, my sister graduated from a religious high school. I met her, like, husband there and stuff. And... We did Shabbat every Friday for What's a that? little bit. What's that? Oh, like the Sabbath. So yeah. like you light the candles, you know, you don't really do electricity, you spend time with your family. We you I mean, we weren't like super religious, but we did that and I went to a Jewish school, but as soon as we moved to the suburbs, I went to public school. We like we do the holidays, but even then like I don't care.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a big influence in your life. No and so you know it was
0: like we just didn't know the rules because religion wasn't really allowed so like we would celebrate the holiday but like eat whatever like it wasn't like we were praying we would just like commemorate the day yeah but when my sister and her husband they met when they were 15 they're 39 now and his parents lived across the street from us and they're more jewish they're like conservative jews so like we would go to their house for holidays and they knew all the prayers and shit
1: and they're cool with you doing what you do now oh yeah no problem no problem and so, like, you know, you hear a lot of comedians talk about being Jewish, and there's like a Jewish sort of yeah. upbringing trope. Yes, that, you know, the worrying mother and all that. Do you fit into that, or is it complete? Yes, oh, you do fit into that. Despite oh, the me
0: as myself. Well, no,
1: I don't mean you as I a think performer. My mom. No, I, I don't mean as a performer. I mean
0: when there's plans, like uh, if there's a concert or a sporting event, I get a lot of anxiety. Like getting everyone's—that's anxious to me, but. I'm more, yeah, I'm annoying. I complain a lot. I ask a lot of questions.
1: Um,
0: and these things do you think all fit into the
1: stereotype?
0: Yeah. Jews, that's why, I, yeah, Colin Quinn talks about it in his one-man show too. Like that's why Jews get what they want is because they like complain and ask and they're not like, oh, it's okay. It's like, oh, no, they like
1: yeah. inquire. Yeah, you think that pushiness sort of stereotype is real. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I notice it too, like when I'm in New York and I see how pushy people can be. And I just think, wow, it's the antithesis to say Irish people that are all like, "Ah, it's it's okay, you know, it's, no, it's okay, it's fine, don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, Irish people are stressed, they're keeping it all in.
1: Yeah, you think that's true? I do. I I mean, I think you're right, but I'm just wondering how you know that.
0: Um, I, like, even most recently, um, I have a couple friends, and they are married, and they, they had, like, a rough year, right, just, like, separate, you know, not with their marriage, but, like... They just had a rough year. So I just took the, gro- <laughs> the man out for lunch and I was just like, hey, just so you know, you know, we've been giving her a lot of attention. Cause she's our fr- but like, ju- you can always come to me like if you ever need to talk or you need to like blow off steam or something's going on. Just know that I'm here. to." T-. And he shut down like I've never seen a human shut down. Uh, he's an
1: Irish guy. or yeah. Irish American guy. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Just so shut down. Just me being like, hey anything upsets or you don't know how to handle something, I'm here. You can always talk to me. Just like shut down. I have nothing to talk about. Everything's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And like, that was because that's
1: an American stereotype to Irish people, just that Americans like to be open about their feelings and sort of talk things out and go to therapy. Yeah. And like, just say in American comedy, you will often see that dismissed as sort of typically American.
0: Yeah. That's where, I mean, the thing is my, my old, my Russian parents are like this too. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and just like how my generation is really not living traditional lives, following their passion, like not. And I think it's because all of our parents followed the traditional lives, and were polite or like kept things in, and they are miserable. Mm. And so all of us are like, yeah, we're not gonna do what you guys did because it's miserable. And now we have options.
1: Do, do Do you think they're miserable still, or do you think they've?
0: I would not want. Yeah. Yeah. They're not miserable because they're happy for their kids and grandkids, but, like, they just sit at home. Like, they're, they're not, yeah, they have a lot of problems. Yeah, and you they never... They don't talk about things. It's the same fights over and over. It's just, like, not good communication. It's very secretive, not trusting of strangers, not a lot of friends.
1: So do you see yourself as an immigrant, or do you see yourself as, like, 100% American?
0: I'm a little bit of both. Yeah,
1: not that it matters. When I'm, I'm like
0: at When I don't know things, I like to say, oh, I'm just an immigrant. <laughs> be like it's just confusing
1: yeah you just dismiss you get, get yourself out of a jam <laughs> yeah but i'm very american I think. did you ever talk to eugene merman about it or are you friendly he's with him he's not really my fr- i don't know no, i was just cu- i was just curious because he's the only other person i know that's kind of in your situation no as in he's I've a russian really met him. to a degree he's a russian immigrant yeah but i haven't heard again i haven't heard him speak so much about it but i guess there's it's a unique
0: weird superstitions i still follow there's like yeah, there's weird things I do that I think have to do with my upbringing, but I'm very American. Like I like going out to eat, I like spending money. Yeah. I'll pay for parking.
1: Now, <laughs> comedy-wise, we we we've discussed a number of times just in passing the difference between like say British and European just like European-based yeah. comics and and American comics like I know you're obsessed with David Tell. Yeah. I think both creatively and perhaps <laughs> perhaps deeper. Yeah. <laughs> uh have have do you have any european comedy crushes i I don't mean i mean uh, creatively creative wise
0: are you am i supposed to say you
1: no i'm just curious
0: you're leaning your head in like (laughs) i should be saying uh, no i was not
1: setting it up for me i just mean uh you know has was has there anybody that caught your eye like creatively i mean like in terms of being a fan from the other side of the pond. Um, you know Jimmy
0: Carr was here recently. Yeah. I liked watching him. That was fun. Um, who's the guy? Is it Alan Carr? Or is that the gay guy? He has a talk show. Yeah, with Chatty. The three man. people.
1: No, that's Graham Norton. Oh, okay. But they are both. Well, they're both gay, and they both have chat shows. Yeah. But Alan Carr is like called. I like that
0: it's called chat shows. Oh yeah, what, what talk show. oh, nice. yeah. Chat chat shows. Oh yeah. Wow I see so that. Now there's better.
1: a moment that I forget is that every now and then I say things that I don't realize are
0: chat shows sound so much more fun.
1: Yeah. Well there's here's they have chat shows. Uh Alan Carr's is called Chatty Man. Graham Norton's is probably the best. I think of all the Yeah. Of all the chat shows on the telly, including yeah. America. Yes. I think Graham Norton's is American probably American shows better. are boring now. Yeah.
0: It's bo- Well, maybe it's because, but when I was a kid, I watched all, you know, all of the late night talk shows, and I loved it, and I love interviewing, and it's so fun. But now, I don't know if it's because we're in the industry or because I'm older, but it's not as fun for me because I know it's just people promoting shit, and it's all planned, and it's like, no, there's no fun. And with Graham Norton's, there's like a element of spice and fun that I enjoy. Yeah, you well, know, because
1: he leaves the people on the couch, which is important. Yeah, I think that that means that you can have some fun.
0: And Craig Ferguson, I loved too. He was a great interviewer. He kind of, you made an ugly face. You don't like him.
1: No, no, no. I, I, if you saw anything in my face, which it wasn't, I was probably thinking about something else. But you could argue that it's because I also auditioned for that, that show. Oh, you would have
0: been better.
1: I auditioned for what is it called? You would have
0: still been on the air. The Late Late Show.
1: No, I didn't audition for his gig. I auditioned for this new thing that he did a pilot for, which is...
0: Celebrity Game Show?
1: The, yeah, so it's like a real game show, but it also has like a scripted element behind oh, the scenes. okay. I auditioned for the, the host.
0: You'd be good. Feel the
1: Crunch. Crunch Time. That's what it was called. Now you're ready to feel the crunch. I, I, I remember the audition well. You got to get a job on TV here in America, right? I gotta. You gotta. It's definitely a goal. Yeah. (laughs) A basic goal. But uh, yeah, I mean, my American career, uh, we can discuss. It's different. We can discuss another time. I mean, the industry is very different here.
0: Yeah. Mm. People make money faster out there.
1: Yeah, well, I wanted to talk to you about that, actually. About how just the difference between the American comedy industry and, say, British-Irish comedy industry... Uh, just assuming you're not that familiar with what's going on on I'm lives. not
0: and I, I you know when I was in Glasgow, a lot of people made me laugh, and I had a great time watching comedy, but I don't remember anyone's yeah. name
1: but like what I notice here say coming here after basically my entire career being abroad, I notice the prize is a lot bigger, you know if you nail it if you if you win yeah. uh, a coveted prize, it's huge. Uh, but on the flip side, the the journey to get there seems more cutthroat, seems to be a lot more comics, less camaraderie uh, amongst comics. Uh, not, not so much in the cellar where we have a nice little vibe going, but I just mean in general, it feels like everyone's out for this sort of limited amount of incredible riches. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not exactly sure that's good creatively or bad creatively, but...
0: It's definitely a longer journey. And I think the, because, you know, I came up with a lot of people in Chicago and I mean, maybe secretly they all hate me, but it seems like we all have each other's back and are rooting for each other and helping each other out. And that's important. And at the seller, like I do feel camaraderie, but because there's so many, there's so many people I hate or just don't respect. And that's where like the weirdness comes from. There's just so many people. Yeah. It's hard to want everyone, you know, to want the best for everyone or like to enjoy everyone.
1: Yeah. Cause I find, and especially
0: when you see shady ass behavior, because some people do see this business as cutthroat or like if they get this, then I can't have that. And it's like, there's enough work for everyone. We're at a yeah. really, you know what I mean? Especially
1: like, now that there's, there's an outlet everywhere you look for your and not creativity. Not only that, it's
0: just like we're not all going to be good at the same thing. We all have different paths, and some people are going to hit sooner or later, or disappear and or never disappear. Or like be forever. Like everyone has a different journey, and you can't all want the same thing. And people that are cutthroat, it's embarrassing, and I don't. I think it makes their comedy worse.
1: Yeah. So it's kicking off for you now. For my sort of. I, I mean, it's funny because I was there the moment that SD passed you. Were you? Yeah, I remember her handing you the W-2. Oh, my
0: God. I didn't know that you were there. W-9. W-9? Well, how could I have... Yeah, I
1: couldn't The have tax known. form. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I, I didn't realize you were having a tryout that night, and then... Because I, I remember the moment SD gave me the, the tax <laughs> form, you know? I thought I was like... I didn't realize I accidentally pat got passed in the cellar and that I thought I was just going for a spot. Yeah. And then the sort of the momentous passing happened without me realizing that it happened. <laughs> I didn't know it was a thing because I wasn't living in New York at the time. It happened a few years ago. But uh, anyway, I happened to be there for you getting the... Uh, and then I read that this was one of your, the highlights of your comedy career. Yeah. Uh, it happened around the time that you're getting like a... Half-hour special on Comedy Central. It was the fir-
0: It was the same week. So I got passed to the cellar the same week. I taped my half-hour for Comedy Central, and then I quit my day job that week, too. So it was just, like, a huge week. And so it's been, like, a year and
1: a month since then. Oh, it's only been a year and a month. Yeah. Yeah, so now that... So it's that- been a
0: huge year. It's been the year that I've been wanting f- since, you know, for a long time.
1: Yeah, and did you find after the, the half-hour comedy special that... Uh, people were noticing you more loads of social media stuff like did you all of a sudden feel the excitement of like wow my name is getting out there
0: that doesn't the thing that not, that i cared about the most that i noticed the most is like it's a certain level of like prestige or like something in the community so now i'm at a point where like if i message any bar show and go can i do a set they're like yeah Ooh. Like they're excited to have me versus like having to prove yourself. So yeah. it just made getting spots easier. Or like if I call any club and I'm like, I need to work something out, they're gonna say yes. So it just gave me an opportunity to do stand up every night, which is
1: what I wanted. Yeah. So now that you have the passport, where do you want to go? Where do you? What do you mean? Like now that you have this, sort of, you're you're at a stage now where you, I guess you kind of look to me. I see you're looking around with like quite a lot of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Do you have like a real vision for where you wanna go or are you still at a place where you're figuring out who you are as a performer, figuring out what you want to do?
0: Um, well it's but so yeah, I always want to get but I think I think I wanna talk about the difference between like here in America, a lot of the people that a lot of us younger comics look up to, it took them ten, fifteen, twenty years to hit. And so, in all, of, so in my head, that's always been the projection. So I've never expected anything because I know it takes twenty years to be good at this. Yeah, and I think the expectations are different across the pond, right? A uh, little bit.
1: No, no, no. I, like it depends. It depends what the goal is. You know, like different mm-hmm. people have different. You, you mean in terms of becoming like the best comic that you can be? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I think the expect in terms of the the various expectations that people can have. I think it's it's fairly similar. I think the only difference across the pond is that people expect to get more money and more time on stage quicker, which you can get. Yeah. But in terms of like television and all that, I think the divide is the same. Younger people, because they've grown up in the era of social media and YouTube feel, are just more equipped to think there's a career off the stage for me. They can think about that a lot quicker Mm. nowadays. I think that's generational. I mean, you're sort of of that generation, but you still have a great respect for the Louis C.K.'s and the David Tells of this world who sort of hustled through the grim mid-90s. Yeah. But that might be... I mean, they also may be just a product of their time in that Mm. after that comedy boom of the late 80s, it just, there wasn't a hell of a lot of opportunity absolutely which, which maybe made them better comics i mean it doesn't matter that's like a an intellectual discussion about why they are as good as they are
0: yeah yeah absolutely i don't know i just like it it just I love hanging out with the older guys, like Conquit, Robert, all of them, Mm. because it just it's this perspective I have in my head that I feel really lucky to have after hanging out with them. It's like you're going to pop, you you know, there's going to be huge moments and then there might not be. Mm. And so it's this thing of like you need to find joy from the work in, in itself and just like trying to be the best and not kind of be distracted by the industry, the fancy things because those things can be huge but can then go away forever and you don't you can't be distracted by them i that's that's the lesson i kind of learned from them there's people i mean louis ck tells a story um i forgot where i heard it but about chris rock and when he got fired from snl he louis was saying like he kind of disappeared for four years and no one really knew what was up and then he came back and headlined carolines and it was like And an hour they couldn't believe and they were all like, holy shit. And it's this thing of like, yeah, after you get fired or things don't work out or you're in the bottom, are you going to be resentful and be angry and be like, well, I was famous. But I'm for messing out, Or are you going to fucking get to work and put out good material? And so that's why it's like all this stuff I'm doing is so exciting and I'm so happy and I feel really proud and excited. But like, I just don't want to get tricked by it.
1: Yeah. Well, it's easy to get tricked. That's one thing that's definitely different in the United States. They're full of shit here. Like yes. the industry are promise you the sun, moon, and the stars, and then forget about you. In yeah, five seconds.
0: every meeting is like you're where the, you're the best, yeah. and it's like, all right. I mean, who like you don't even know? It's just, it is weird. Yeah, you. But have it's good to, to learn that. I mean, everyone. Yeah.
1: Like particularly guys, guys in uh, in Ireland or in the UK that sort of do Montreal or they did, did Aspen years ago when it was going and like all the industry see them and then they get all excited, like they all come back. And like, the funny thing is say the Irish media, they love a story about somebody cracking the States. Like, mm-hmm. like, like that somehow is like just an incredible story. So like, even like after somebody has a meeting, the Irish media will write a story about like, somebody's cracking the States, you know? Like, <laughs> and it's all really exciting. And then of course, like nothing comes of it, but even in Ireland and in the UK, they know the American industry are full of shit. Yes. But it's just a general positivity that pervades the sort of vernacular here.
0: Yeah, and then, like, once you realize that the industry are just idiots like the rest of the country, like the rest of the world, you know, like there are people that are great at their job and bad at their job. There's mm-hmm. good therapists, good doctors, bad ones, tattoo artists, comedians, everything. So, like, to trust all industry or, like, all of a sudden be desperate for any of their attention or anything is ridiculous because they could be bad, you know? Like, why? Yeah. It's like... But you have to learn these things and like you go to these meetings or, you know, you're so desperate for a manager agent and then you get one and you're like, oh, you're kind of an idiot. I'm better than you. And then you fire and then you learn like, no, I want someone that's awesome and that I connect with and that's Mm going to work well. And you have to like learn these
1: things. But you like the game though, too, right? I mean, I know you love comedy yeah. and you love performing, but do you like the game of the industry, the meetings, the trying to make things happen? I mean, happen? I'm
0: made for meetings and lunch. I'm made for lunch meetings. I am. I'm like, I'm really good at chatting and having a good time with people. But as soon as I'm not interested, I really just shut down. Yeah. I've I've been at meetings where someone will be like, well, you seem pretty bored. And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> This isn't for me. Or they're like, "Do you have anything for us?" And I didn't. I'm like, I don't have. I'm not. I don't want to tell. No. I'm not working on anything. And then I leave. Yeah. But if I if it's like a cool place and I want to impress, I'm, yeah, I can chat. But, yeah.
1: So before we finish up, like in terms of heading to Dublin, what are you?
0: But I am working on I'm not, like, lazy, you know? I
1: don't think you're lazy. I don't <laughs> think you're lazy at all. You're always gigging.
0: <laughs> but I want an hour, but I don't know when that's going to happen. I want it to be good. I want a new hour. I yeah, don't know. Well, that's
1: t- another big difference. Like, people think about that hour as if it's, like, some uh, un- difficult-to-attain a- thing. It's not
0: difficult, but after my half hour I was like okay new stuff new stuff gotta get new stuff and I just started immediately like writing and being so hard on myself after every set if I wasn't doing enough new and I was like putting all this pressure on myself and then it hit me where I was like oh yeah this is fun all I've ever done was have fun like why am I stressing no one's waiting for my hour no one knows who the fuck I am go have fun and do stand up and don't worry about anything yeah. and then I've been having fun again and now I have like a new 40
1: bit, and the bits that existed get better anyway yes you know it's a pity to leave them too soon yeah Absolutely. I'm always telling people that. Like it's like you think you need this brand new bit, it's like keep doing the other bit, and see where it goes.
0: Absolutely. And I'm having just like a fun time doing stand up and then I'm creating a show.
1: You're writing a show. Oh, you're yeah, writing a stand up show.
0: No, I have um a single cam like show that I'm writing with my friend Prescott and our manager, Sam. And it's we've been working on it for a year and a half. Oh right. Maybe two years. And then I have this other show. Me and my friend were, like, ready to pitch a non-scripted, sizzle-ready, treatment re- everything ready. And she got a writing job. So oh. it's on the back burner. But I heard,
1: I heard you mention how much she's getting, too. Good for her. Yeah, she's killing <laughs> it.
0: She's really good and talented. And so then it's like, that's fine, too. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Well, you get to go to Dublin.
0: I get to go to Dublin. I can't believe. Yeah, this summer is so fun. And I'm going to Dublin straight from Montreal. So I'm really, like, living, like, the dream life.
1: And what would you be most, just because these first four podcasts that I'm doing, the first four of my life, are sort of motivated by uh, New, York Festi- comics, oh, New York comics, New York comics that are going to the festival. What do you think you're most looking forward to in terms of performing in Dublin? You'll be performing in tents in a park.
0: Well, first, I love comedy festivals because it's like summer camp for yes. us. You know, it's like you're all together, no one's going to get a fe- Like, it's just a fun time to meet people, hang out, and party. So, like, I just love hanging out with comics that you don't get to see so fest to me is just like fun um i also cannot wait to drink all the guinness and i want to sit in bars where they play music you know uh,
1: mu- what, what music what is, what is that like, <laughs> what the is way it way you, you mean traditional irish music yeah, yeah, yeah oh yeah well that's quite touristy
0: it is but that's okay but i don't mind you don't I, mind you don't I, mind I being that it. tourist no because i love it i mean um yeah one when they're just like sitting at a table playing music And I get to listen Yeah, yeah. that's what I want, you want I'm not going to do that here So it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do that in Ireland I don't need to go to Temple Bar You know, I'm not like Yeah, you don't need to
1: go to like super and Tourist Center <laughs> Yeah Well, we'll try to find you like a good genuine one
0: I want to eat a lot of seafood
1: Oh, right. Really? Yeah, I like the fish it's and chips call. I like
0: mussels I like the seafood soups
1: Yes, seafood chowder We yeah. don't say clam chowder We say seafood chowder
0: Because there's more in it I Yeah, I love, all, love that. all that love all that um, I kind of want to hook up this time so I'd like you want to wanna get a little foreskin going yes <laughs> Um. so that is a goal I definitely want to try to have sex while I'm there and I want to just have good shows I yeah. want people to laugh I want to do a good job I want to connect with the audiences and like do good yeah and I want like I remember in Glasgow I kept saying trail mix and like no one no Nobody one was laughing but it was like this about? funny part and I was like what's going on and they're like no one knows what you're talking about
1: so do we, I don't know what they call trail mix in Ireland. <laughs> you well
0: know, like we
1: have we have Yeah, them. of course. <laughs> but I guess they're just not called trail mix.
0: Yeah, it's just like little things. But I'm excited to connect and I wanna I wanna know that like my comedy is something that just like being a person, no matter where you are, you can relate and laugh. Yeah, I mean
1: it's definitely a great comedy exercise. I mean you've done it before, but it's always a great comedy exercise to take your comedy to a complete other culture yeah. and see what translates. Yeah. Uh, and see what you need to change. Yeah. And see if the Irish find you too filthy I mean I don't think they, they will but
0: I am too filthy The, the one thing I do, I do say is like I'm being 100% honest Like everything I talk about Like I don't sit in a coffee shop writing jokes Like that's not really my style It's like I live my life I talk with friends hmm. I read articles I read books I watch TV I just think it's like People's experiences when I'm with the girl But friends. Irish people love that the most That's what I'm saying So it's like dirty But it's all coming from just like a very real place and You're a pig is that what you're saying? I am gross. <laughs> Just, kidding. I mean, I'm kidding. I mean, I clearly my you room for you to come here, and like, it's you're, it's still messy.
1: Oh, I'm a slob. I'm not going to. judge. Are me. you really? Oh yeah, I found this to be very tidy. I'm a, I'm a slob.
0: I would never have expected that. With the, you how don't well know anything you dress, about me? But you dress well, and it's, sti- you know, you, it's like put
1: those together. are the things that hang. The but rest hang is all over the floor. Yeah,
0: it was weird that I, you came here and not the other way around, so.
1: Oh, I would, ne- well, actually, um, somebody else is coming to the apartment and I will clean it, but uh, that apartment that I have is currently, like, a bomb hit. hit. I'm that's a slob, so but that's 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 part of who I am.
0: I just feel like if I'm being honest, there's no way another person hasn't experienced it or felt that way. Mm, I agree. And if they don't want to laugh, that's fine, but, like, there's no way you haven't.
1: mm well, that's especially great.
0: when it's like a good joke and like it's just like about cum or something and then people are quiet and it's like, really? Like, I just like it bothers me.
1: But I know there's more than your act than just come.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. It just brings me the most amount of joy. I just Both like on being gross. And, <laughs> oh, you like being gross. <laughs> yeah, it makes me laugh. Like, I think it's funny. I don't know. I do think it's funny. But one day, I mean, we're all evolving. And one day I do hope to have, you know. A nice Edinburgh hour about yeah, my family. Yeah, Edinburgh hour <laughs> with a theme about your family, <laughs> about the struggles
1: of coming from another country at the age of three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, do you? How's your Russian now?
0: It's I speak like a maybe a sixth grader. Oh right. Maybe a fifth grader.
1: Do you speak English or Russian with your fa- with your parents?
0: Russian, but th- it sucks. It's gotten way way worse, and their English has gotten worse because they're both not working. They're retired now. Okay. And so like. Their English is worse, my Russian's worse, and we have a very hard time communicating. It's really sad, to be honest. Yeah. There's just some things I can't get across, and by the time I do, it's not even interesting anymore. But um, I wish I had more Russian friends here to talk to in Russian to strengthen Well, you could
1: go down to Brighton Beach, or you could just go to like a barbershop for a haircut, because they are all Russian.
0: That's a new thing. I didn't really realize that.
1: I have encountered so many Russian Jews in the last year and a half in barbershops. I haven't had my hair cut by a non-Russian Jew for a year and a half. Wow. Other than Irish haircuts when I'm back in Ireland. And are they nice? They're all great. They're all really interesting. Uh, they all tend to be soccer fans, so we tend to talk about soccer. It's a uh, big soccer time right now. Big soccer time. We talk about the Euros. And uh, When is the Euros?
0: Is it, is it almost done, or am I going to be there? It's nearly done.
1: There's a, there's wow. a game on uh, starting in a minute, and, uh, but it, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, we, we don't need to talk about football now that'll be that'll be another podcast but anyway I want to say thank you very much and uh, I, I hope, hope you have a great time in Dublin. Dov- it was more serious than I could have ever imagined I know but you got to understand you're talking about things that mo- the majority of people listening here would not be used to and you're so to. famous I can I, I'm not so They're, famous what if but, people but, come pick it <laughs> pardon me <laughs> what was that
0: screaming whore when I come to the ch-
1: no I mean I think people will, will find uh, uh, well first of all I guarantee you, not many Irish people have heard the story of a a, a Russian Jewish immigrant in the United States.
0: I'm just more excited walking around Ireland with you and seeing how people react. It's not gonna
1: It's not gonna be
0: what you think. Do you remember the one time I brought you Irish pearls?
1: Irish people are famous for not giving a shit about fame. That's like their bag, you know. I They guess. talk with great pride. Yeah, about but how when I told they th- talk with great pride about how they didn't give Bono the satisfaction when he walked into the restaurant. I hate Bono. Well, then you're gonna get on well in Ireland.
0: Ah, he's the worst. <laughs> he's disgusting to me. I don't buy it. He's a phony. But um, I but uh, but those Irish girls that were at the fat black ones, and I told them I knew you. They lost their minds, and then when I when I got you around the car, corner and brought you back, they, they were fucking excited.
1: Oh. Yeah. Well, we'll see. But I don't. I don't think it's gonna be the highlight of your trip. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think there'll be more to your trip than that. All right. And, no, uh, and sure. you can play the international, too. I'll get you an extra little spot in my brother's club. Oh, cool. Uh, and uh, that's what Louis did. Louis did the festival, and then he went over to the international. That's
0: very exciting. Man, many
1: have, actually. Michael Che, Eugene Merman. Oh, fun. M- many have. So anyway, thank you so much, Lisa.
0: Thank you. Sorry, my eye is so dry.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that didn't come across on the radio. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I well, I'll be Thank you.
0: I can't wait to be there
1: and I hope everyone comes out to see you and enjoys you and uh, we'll chat soon thank you Daz thank you so much everybody thanks for listening to the chat Uh, go to see Lisa at the festival go to see me at the festival go to see me in Cork, go to see me in Edinburgh go to see everybody else I've chatted to anybody, go to the festival in general and um, what else do I need to say oh, this track that I've been using on the podcast is called New Dawn by Melty Brains Uh, I say Melty Brains because they're they're Melty Brains with a question mark and they're a great band and a great bunch of guys. Look them up um, on SoundCloud or on iTunes or on Apple Music or Spotify wherever you wherever you get your music nowadays check them out. Melty Brains great great band. So thank you. We'll see you the next time. Spread the word about the podcast and uh, keep coming back like an AA meeting. Peace. Imagine.